If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Sending out good vibes. You may have auriculia, you may have anaplasma, you may have another form of a tick-borne disease. So make sure that you would check for all the tick-borne diseases. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are going to be chatting with Scott Emmons and Dr. Roxanne Carfora a little bit later about, oh, Scott's come up with some nice health products with some zinc in them and stuff like that. Actually, one with a zinc lozenge. A zinc lozenge and um, some vitamins and stuff like that that uh, Graham and I have been using. Pretty good stuff. Uh, The adrenal stuff. I, I haven't been using the adrenal stuff. I just like the vitamin a day. That kind of suits my lifestyle. I feel like my adrenal's okay. I don't want to go messing around with them. Um, and Dr. Kafour, of course, you know, takes on some COVID stuff. Um, seemed a little pro-mask for me, but that's fine. I mean... Yeah, I kind of wish I would have pushed back a little bit on that, but I think she was... I don't fine know. If people I feel like she was masks. trying to... I don't know. I just want to wear one. It, but anyway, it was a fun show. She agreed with us on most things. And I mean, it's a good thing if she, she can't agree with us on everything. She's on then the front line doing, her. she's on the front line. Maybe you should introduce me before I. She's doing HCQ on. treatment. Uh, that's right. We got Graham interrupting before I'm introduced. Dunlop, how's it going, buddy? Eh. Eh? Eh, good. No, I'm good. You're good? Yeah, I'm good. You seem uh, a little eh lately. No, no, no. I'm trying to get, I'm getting back in shape. Like, Are this you? is another one of these episodes that inspired me to be healthier. So, I'm. Changing my diet a little bit, getting in the shape. I'm on the treadmill a little bit more, just pushing myself to be in better shape. I I've been getting level some compliments up. on the pipes I lately. I need to level up pipes. Uh, pipes. Your pipes? Yeah. Your pipes? Yeah. Wait, I don't know. I haven't been doing <laughs> any working out, like nothing. I haven't done any push-ups since I took two weeks off for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take long to go. At that point, I was at 100 a day for like, Fucking 110 or 120 days straight. Good for you. Yeah. It's super disappointing how quickly. And then I fell off the deep end. How quickly I can get out of shape and how long it takes to get into shape. It's it's pretty disappointing. I'm in better shape than I think. I mean, I do walk a lot. Like, I, well, I do a ton of stairs. Just today, I did probably 20 stories of stairs. Yeah. Up and down at that parkade, and I noticed that I don't notice it. Like, yeah. Whereas before, it'd be like, I remember even like four years ago. Or five years ago or 10 years ago, it's like something's up on the sixth floor and there's no elevator. It's just like, oh my God. Now it don't seem to bother me up and down them stairs all day. I mean, when I first started, I used to be able to go up and down those stairs with gear on my back all the time, but that was when I was like 20. They were trying to get me to play hockey again in the little mini season and I'm like, do I have to wear a mask? Like, is this like, what's the rules like in this thing? I don't want to be, you know... And I just thought, I'm too out of shape. I can't even go run around. Really? It's just, yeah. Cause you it's, should come up with me. 
I'm telling you, you haul a couple of dead carcasses out yeah. of the woods for a couple I'm miles. Not too, not too into that. It's right like now. Iron Man workout. Nothing beats it. I know. Nothing beats hauling dead weight. I know. Now, those morgue people, they should be in better shape. One day. One day. But docs, Dr. Roxanne. One day. To, I thought you guys to, uh, were all psyched to go, like, right away. To go where? Well, yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. What do you think this in, What do you think this entails? I mean, the, as soon as something gets shot, you're dragging it out of the bush. That's like, I was very clear on the details. I know, and you're shooting a lot of stuff. That's why I'm avoiding going out with you, because I know if I go out, I'm going to have to be hauling something back. Yeah, it's like, it's look, a, I'm just not looking forward to the kill and the whole the whole thing, right? Like, I'm not looking. It was well, one thing learning how to cut that. up some I mean, meat. No, I'm just not. You can I'm let Rye take the front. Yeah, just. He seems more into that part. Yeah, of it. he's yeah he's he's done it before. I think I, I'm just. He just wants a refresher. Yeah. You can stand back. You hold the camera. Okay. Yeah, we'll go one day. Plus, honestly, like I don't want to get up that early on a weekend. I mean, I I. I have to get up at 5.30 every day, and then today it's finally you can sleep in a little bit on the weekend, you know? Yeah, that'd be better. Evening, I'd rather do. The only problem with the evening is it gets late then. Yeah, I know. I'd rather... you shoot something 9 o'clock, then you get back home at 11. Yeah, I know, but I'd rather... That's fine. I'd rather rather do it that way. I don't mind that way either, because you don't have to get up so early. I just appreciate the little cuddling in the morning, sleeping, just coffee, lie there, cats. I like sleeping in. Yeah. I get it. You know? I did Anyways. less sleeping in on my holidays than I do in my regular life, it seemed like. Yeah. That's good. Anyways, I want to mention a bit about this too. Dr. Roxanne, she's she talks a lot about this Lyme and she's really she's really knowledgeable about the Lyme disease. She's on one of the uh organizations in where is it where is she again? Lyme's fake. But uh what? No such thing as Lyme disease. Uh. Anyways, she had really good advice about that, and she's treated a lot of these people with COVID too, like right up front. And then she uses that Sophia testing to these dis- people to to uh, decide whether or not um, they have the flu or not. And that's what I, you know, I appreciate because I was sort of challenging the whole PCR testing. And you and don't have like, the flu, and then she like, treats you for COVID. Is that the gist of it? No, no. No, I think there's other ways. She like had she other ways, sick, too. And you like, have the symptoms, and she give you a flu test. Yeah. And if that came back negative, then she treated for COVID. Not necessarily. I think there was other things as well. To, well, she tells us in about yeah. afterward on yeah. guessing. She'll tell you exactly what Anyways, we talk, you know, we talk about a lot of stuff. And those, I want to do a disclaimer here. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Any product mentioned is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And there's also, uh, if people do want to try out the zinc tablets or any of the other things we talk about, there is a discount code, 15% Grimerica Health at the checkout. And there's a link in the show notes. It's mdlogichealth.com. And then you can just do the collections slash shop all and use the Grimerica code there. Grimerica Health. Ooh, and then we should mention that our mushroom guy has cultivation kits now, right? Is that what I saw there the other day? That was in the message you sent me today. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't remember where I sent it. Anyway, okay. it looks like I haven't actually checked it out yet. He's either got or has coming very quickly cultivation kits. That might be something that you might be able to ship internationally. There's I a link know. in the show notes for that too. I know we've had people asking about international. We should get into the export. We will we'll take on the exporting internationally in house. Of the psilocybin? You wouldn't want to get caught. 
No, not yet. It's too early for that. It's just the, look. This, you, I don't want to be shipping anything right fucked. now. The mail's fucked. It's it's it's. I've been you know. waiting for the skateboard from Mister Crass for over a month now. I've been waiting for stuff from the government for two months. It might have got lost once. I don't know. They might have not sent it. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I trust these people. Uh, and then I know I got a T-shirt coming. Someone said they sent a T-shirt weeks and weeks ago. The mail seems to be a motherfucker right now. I know USPS is having its problems, but the Canadian mail seems to be struggling as well. Well, it might be getting worse before it gets better, so I'd say not relying on anything like that. FedEx, baby. Who does the forwarder work for FedEx? Uh, what do you mean? Well, we got the mail forwarder. Would it work yeah, for it's FedEx? Just can't, that's just the post, right? It's, not, it's, it's only if it goes to the P.O. box. Uh, the nice lady down there said that if we can call her, she'll check and see if there's anything in there. Really? That's nice. Yeah. I built up a nice relationship there with her for a while. said, I'm not coming back. <laughs> it's been swell. <laughs> so Maybe when you guys have a new mayor. So in this intro, we talk about, uh, I don't know, we get some listener emails involved sometimes and project operation is a segment that we like to talk about. Got some quotes. What do you are gonna, we doing project operation we are, today? Yeah, a special one, yeah. Oh God, you always yeah. say it's a special one. It's never a special one, but it's special because it's didn't appropriate you say you had for some the time. Other stuff you want to do in the intro? We had to stop talking today at work. No, that was about the episode we're going to do tonight. Oh no, you talked about we're talking about something. You said you wanted to save it for the show. Yeah, for the show, for the show tonight. Oh. You were starting to be on topic with stuff we're going to talk about in the show. The so show was, or the interview? No, the interview tonight, later on. Which has oh nothing to do with this intro, but that's kind of what I was getting at. My life is just on the topic sometimes. I just can't talk about <laughs> <laughs> So what do you want to do first? Do you have any emails? Yeah. Do you I have got, any synchros? I got an email. Yeah, I got an email synchronicity from the listener. It's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool? Yeah. All right, let's it's do pretty that. Pretty good. Pretty good, man. I want a good score from a synchronicity Graham reads it out, then Darren might give it to me Hey, don't you please read it low, yeah, yeah hey, is, Before you do your synchro oh, okay Is Rye's name Ryan? Yeah Interesting Why? Well, because uh, I threw an ad up for Natasha threw an ad up for the she was talking about she might want to paint some skulls now that yeah. hunting season's rolling around. Yeah. So she asked if she could use the one the one of mine she painted. Right. For a, like a sample? like Yeah. Because I, I hydro dipped one and she painted the other. Yeah. And uh, some guy named Ryan messaged and asked if it was Darren. <laughs> <laughs> that would be him, yeah. I assume that was him. Yeah. yeah. Was it on Kijiji? Yeah. Yeah, he's got a bunch of, he's got a bunch of like notifications for all kinds of, he's just all over Kijiji. All really? the time about, yeah. Really, eh? Yeah. Weird. He sends me stuff all the time. Because I'm making a list of stuff we need for the apocalypse. Really? Yeah. yeah. Hey, do you mind uh, spouting off the list? Right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, do just like, just, just, it's just stupid little stuff that I do. I'm very unprepared, right? Uh, even, oh, yes, Even I though know. we've, you know, so like a bow and arrow. Willfully unprepared. Like a bow and arrow, you know. Or a gun. Heavier, heavier bullets for my slingshot. Oh, my God. Because those little this ones don't do anything. fucking useless. 
don't invest any more money in your slingshot preparedness. <laughs> Waste no more time or effort. All right, go straight to the bow. Like a bow saw. A bow saw was one that was on the list. He found it for me as like twelve dollars, two blocks away from my house. Why don't you order a gill net? Well, that would be that Amazon. would be one that's on the list. Like just a fishing rod would be a good one to have too. I don't even have a fishing rod, right? Um, so what do you better, need? To better catch, tools. Like what are you going to do when you can... catch the fish? What? Well, you're going to get a fishing rod. Well, what did, no, this isn't. You go, you catch a fish. Or t- are you talking about <laughs> speculating if we're like in the middle of the woods somewhere and I have to fish for for my yeah. meal? Well, this is why you're getting the stuff, right? The point of your fishing rod is to catch a fish to sustain yourself, I'm assuming. You're not going to fish any other time for sport. You don't strike me as the kind of guy that's like, hey, let's go. I used to fish a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it's not going to happen, though. Come on. So you, this is in case the shit goes down and you got to... Yeah, it should, I just yeah. I should have the thing packed. So wouldn't it make more sense to have the skills to already, like, well, maybe, but catch, it, clean, I've done cook. that in, as a kid. It'll come back to me. Oh, it's like riding a bike. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fish was it? Like rainbow trout. I used to shoot. Okay. Uh, shoot. I used to fish <laughs> rainbow trout all the time. Like, and, I, and the best fishing ever was up in where you used to live near there, uh, Lake of the Woods. Like, up past... Kind of Winnipeg and Ontario ish, and and it was amazing, like the the bass and the the, uh, the fish that they yeah the northern pike that you can watch them like swim right up to your lure and snag it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing. That was the best fishing ever. They learn how to clean them and cook them and stuff. I know that's easy. It's easy. easy Come on, that's nothing. I mean, if that you know, dude, it's like when you're hunting. It's like all 95% of the work is after you pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. With fishing, it's more like 60, (laughs) but it's still most of the work. Anyways, I'm not going to, if you're just going to make fun of my list of items, then I'm not even going to say it. Keep going. Well, there's a generator, let's say solar power charger, which I got already. There's a solar power. You can get them for, for, for everything. You can get a solar power. Well, (laughs) For, for devices, <laughs> but when when so, Rye sent it to me, it was it was post apocalypse. I know. need a phone charger. <laughs> See, here we go. Okay, I'm stopping that. You need a solar oven. Yeah. Okay, that's on the list. Is yeah. it? Well, I'm going to put it on the list. <laughs> I need to see this list. I feel like I need to see it. I I invited you. I I, I offered you. To, yeah, and you're like, ah, you just sloughed it off or something. You didn't send me like an invite. No, I didn't officially send it. Is it like a Google Doc or something? No, it's not a Google Doc. Evernote. Yeah. Is it in our Evernote? No, it's a new book. What? It's a new book, a new note, new notebook in oh. Evernote, so I can share it with you, but. You have to share notebooks with us in our in my in our. Own well, I, I think so. I think it's. I think like everything we do for the show it? is in a notebook, right? So, anyways, I mean, I don't want to bore everybody, but yeah, there's a few other little things, just little stuff that you just want to, as you go along, pick them up. Just I'll in see case, if I can right? find it and post screenshots for y'all. That's not good. I think it's good. Like earthing shoes, like you know, you oh guys will God. have shoes that ground you to the earth while you're there, right? I don't think grounding is going to be a problem. You know what I mean. It'd if you're going to. Very grounded. You got a good knife, though. 
Yeah. Your hatchet's a little weak, I gotta yeah, say. Yeah, I know, I know. It's okay. It's it was a combo deal. In case you have to cut down a tree. I got the bow saw for that. Oh, yeah. The bow saw? Yeah. $2? $12. Pretty good deal. Can I see it? It's, yeah, it's fine. Maybe I need a bow saw. You can have, you can borrow mine. Uh, no, I don't want to break it. I don't want to break your $12 bow saw and then be responsible for it. <clears throat> Anyways, that's, we, I don't want to bore everybody with this. Oh, no, people are but not it's just bored, people, I People, I, I, we don't know what, to, I'm just trying to be a little bit prepared because I'm really not. So get in better shape, just be prepared just in case. I mean, shit's going south down south. And I mean, you never know how it's going to, you know, I just don't know what is going to happen up here. And, you know, people think we're paranoid, whatever, fine. But, you know. There this might time be a next point. Next year, we'll have you gearing up to shoot a deer with your bow. I don't think so. No. I think so. I can shoot a bow. I can kill a deer if I had to, but I'm not going to do it right now. I might even just go ve- vegan for a while and to not be a hypocrite. What? You're going to go vegan? Or pescetarian, maybe again. You should just be like kind of a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Fish are different. Oh, that's different? Yeah. I Fish think, are on the I same. I think I agree. Fish aren't on the same scale of consciousness, I don't think. Well. At least that's like what the Korean healer told me. And I kind of resonated with me back then. That's all that matters is you. Got my dad out of palliative for six months, so. I just, uh, yeah. Wow. I mean, here's the risk, right? That you don't need any of that stuff, right? Like, maybe I don't need it all. Maybe I won't use it. But it's probably good to have it, you know? Just in case. Yeah. And even just if there's a, I mean, what if there was a, a CME or a asteroid or whatever, right? Some kind of, you know, anything like that. Totally. That just, if, because the, the problem is if electricity goes out and in the grid, if the Shit grid goes, goes down, down fast, if the grid goes down, which the way the world's going right now, like, yeah, I don't know. Any, any, somebody could take the grid down. If that goes down, then we're fucked. So it's not even about whether people are going to bring violence to your neighborhood or whether you're going to be forced to take a vaccine. There's a whole bunch of other scenarios that could happen too. I agree. I probably will. I mean, and sometimes I, I think the whole thing could just be because something's coming or something like that, you know? You never know, right? Never know what they do. Wild card. But we're due for a bunch of stuff, so it's good to be prepared. But, but yeah. Problem is there's no fucking trees for a while. Yeah. Yeah, hope the gas keeps going. Yeah. If it's winter. I mean, that's the other thing. Just have a jerry can probably full of gas, you know. I mean, I, I just, I've lived in the city for with little stuff, so I don't have a lot of, I'm not prepared, right? I'm not fully prepared either, but I feel like I'm more prepared oh, than yeah, you. Oh, yeah, way more prepared. That's all right, though. We'll get you into shape. You're coming yeah, around. Yeah, I'm getting in shape. Yeah, I, I'm on a better diet. This week, I feel better already. I don't think going vegan is going to help. I might. It lose get you fast. Off. Well, yeah, that's part of the problem. If you just get off the gut truck, you'd be in much I was shape. off all week. I'm just cooking my really? lunches and stuff. Yeah, I'm cooking go. my lunches. But, the, you know. You look better. That's looks less sweaty. Of, I feel sweaty right now. So the sunshine is beating down. Okay, right? let's let's move on here. All right, this let's is, hear the synchro. Oh yeah, we're on that. Oh my god, I gotta find it now. Omg.
<clears throat> so if you don't want your email or your name said, please put it in the in the subject line or right at the top of the email like this guy. So I will not read his name or email address. I had a crazy precog synchro yesterday. My wife and I have been trying to make a baby this past month. Lately, I've been a little down and haven't been myself. I've been neglecting my usual search for truth and my spiritual habits. Yesterday was a really shitty day in particular. There was a huge rainstorm where I couldn't see the car ahead of me. I had the biggest headache of my life and I felt like I was going to vomit. On top of that, I could barely keep my eyes open. When I managed to make it home with some vermicelli and fried pork, I mustered up all of my strength and showered before diving into bed with my food. In, in subscriber, oh, I'm subscribed to Gaia and decided to pick some time to play in the background. Pick something, I think he means. While I ate, I rested my eyes periodically. I put on the path beyond the physical. I recently listened to one of your interviews about someone doing astral projection. The, gentleman's, the gentleman discussed a technique where while living at college, he would close his eyes at night in bed and imagine three items in his mother's house. Imagine touching them and inspecting them. Now I want to mention that before I lost my recent drive from my spiritual conquest, I was always excited to go to bed and try to visit places in my dreams. Anyhow, not having done this for a while, I was looking forward to trying to get back on track. I did this and tried to concentrate hard while falling asleep on three objects in my mother's house. I proceeded to have incredible dream recollection when I haven't in months. I even became lucid for one second before waking up. My dream. It was in my basement. I was in my basement walking up the stairs and the basement was pretty dark. A little girl walked by quickly and said, Hi, Daddy. I realized it was a dream and got so scared I woke myself up. Now here's the kicker. The next morning I resumed the show where I left off and within minutes the show talked about how people who astral travel sometimes meet their children before they are born. Fucking wild. We'll see what happens. I even have kids and whether or not... I even have kids and whether or not it will be a girl. I don't understand that. Oh, if I even have kids and whether or not it'll be a girl. I'm excited to try again and we'll keep you posted. Thanks for reading my long email. Love you guys. So then what, what does that make you think of? Well, it doesn't make me think of synchro. It makes me think more like, um, like the soul groups and the past lives and stuff like that. I thought right away, I was like, well, is the email going to end with her, his wife? Ah, the daughter. Him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sent you an email yesterday. So this is another email ah. coming in about my prophetic dream about having a daughter. I was working late and my, life, my wife came to work and just told me she's pregnant. It's still super early, but I was excited to share. Crazy stuff, man. Love you guys. Yeah, it's a girl. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So the, the, the day he dreamed, the day he dreamed about... The next day he got the uh, notification that she was pregnant. Yeah, I think that was his daughter coming yeah. to say, hey. Yeah, I'm coming. Totally. Yeah. I think you could tap into all that stuff, man, if you can, you know. I really think, like, you know, thousands of years ago before screens, before any screens or lights and stuff like that or technology when there's fucking nothing to do. Yep. I think you're tapping into all sorts of... Ancestral you know, I don't think stuff, those, power. Uh, those ancients are as crazy as we'd like to believe. We're the crazy ones. 
Yeah. More than likely. You wonder when that shifted, eh? Was it the printing press or was it like, oh, the, uh, you know, agriculture, agriculture that far back, even you think? Yeah. Huh. I think that was part of the. The, seemed de to the be, devolution in a way. Yeah, I would say. I mean, it 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 started allowing us to like group into bigger and bigger settings and then people control the food supply more and then because I don't think the hunter gathering really had so much of that. It was like when the going's good, everyone's good and when it's not, everyone's not and it's kind of like that thing where you got a lot of time for we're all doing socialism and 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 you know maybe even communism in our households or our roommate situations or even our circle of friends, you know what I mean? If one of my buddies needs money, let us do a say so and you probably you know you're not going to hound him for a back or stuff like that but it's like once you get outside of a hundred people it's like okay now it starts to get weird now you've got to have these middlemen that are you know managing it all and stealing <laughs> but you know i think I don't know where I was going. Yeah, with that. no, that's a good point. I, I agree with you in a way. That's that's when settlement started in the whole, you know, instead of wandering around following the stars and looking for your next thing or whatever, you're you're stuck in a place that uh got out of the moment. You got all the food and now you're you're there settling and hunkering down. And it was probably nice at first. Like I don't think it was like evil. I'm not saying agriculture was evil. No. Seemed like a great idea at the time. And probably, probably all the indigenous shift, people yeah. were doing bits of it agriculture. Yeah. To a certain degree, but I, I think we got fucking carried away and it allowed us to grow population, which I mean, for better or worse, that's not me saying that there's too many people, but without that, we'd probably be in a much different place. If See, we I, I went down the agriculture road. I feel like it's more of like electronic technology, like, like the time, maybe even when we went from Tesla, like there was probably a pretty big shift when we went from the possibility of Tesla's free energy to this type of electricity. So like what's you your imagine how much electricity changed the world, right? I yeah. mean that it so much that if it went out like we were just talking about, we're toast. What's your relationship with nature like if you're not farming and raising cattle? If you're not farming what do you mean? I don't understand. So you're still relying on fucking everything out there for everything to eat. Yeah. Yeah. What's your situation? Yeah. Uh, what's your what's your relationship like with nature? You know? Yeah. All of a sudden, a lot of the stuff that we let happen now is not going to let happen because when you go out foraging for berries or snaring rabbits or trying to get a deer, you're like, holy fuck, all this shit's disappearing because of this company's polluting here. You're going to put a stop to that shit pretty quick. <clears throat> but when none of us have to look at where our food comes from or leave yeah. the fucking block to get... Yeah, Everything. that's seeming it's, like a bigger, bigger issue. It's, it's I mean, super easy to just not even, A, know about it. If you can find any real people to tell you about it as the media becomes more and more corrupted and owned and put in the pocket. And it seems like it probably has always been that way. And they just sort of tell you, tell you what they can't get away with or the stuff that gets out of the bag. And uh, a mess. Yeah, Roxanne talks about that in, in the show a bit about diet and... She thinks that's a really, really important part of your building up your immune system. You I know, mean, now you're at a point where I don't think you could just do it. 
No. Not like to have either. 350 million people in the U.S. You're like, okay, you're on your own. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and plus you've already destroyed a lot of the ecosystem. If you would have came up the non-agriculture route, you're probably in a way different situation. There is probably less than a billion of you on the, on the planet or, you know, give or yeah. take. And you're still semi-nomadic and there's probably no nuclear weapons. But then there's also none of the, some of the great stuff that came along with. But I mean, if you look at if you if you talk to Professor Ted, I mean, the second we started down that industrial age, we were fucked. We kind of this opened up Pandora's box. And what? So what? What's that age? What are you saying is that age? With him, it's all years, technology. Years, so it's the industrial age. As soon as know, you start having machines and stuff, yeah, that's like two hundred, three hundred years, I guess. Now, well, technology is even worse. So, I, mean, I would machines. say, because he talks about the Industrial Revolution, yeah. which is different than, because technology, I'm thinking more 80s, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, when technology kind of starts coming up. No. I'm thinking computers and stuff like that, like computers, good cameras. But technically, technology could go all the way back to the Industrial Revolution. Funny because a book I'm reading right now is talking about like some of the first machines and the their age there and they're just building some of the first machines. It's like a water when a water wheel is still turning the fucking crankshaft or the machine that does yeah. you know makes wool or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine living in that fucking time. <laughs> I better start imagining it. You think so? Just in case. Be a mess no, that happens, no, man. Just kidding. I don't think it'll get there. Not in Canada, anyway. I mean, ooh, the state seems to be going crazy. I mean, uh, let's get. It'd be interesting to hear from some of our U.S. listeners. Yeah, let's get dark, and we'll talk about some operations and projects that have happened uh, since uh, way before. You're talking about technology. It'd be interesting to hear from some of Americans on this what is, what the is, scenes this, actually like. So this this there. happened in '55, before Darren, like 30 years before Darren considers technology because maybe the the could all just be the media fucking us or are we past that i don't know like could it be just not nearly as bad as they're making it out to be or is it that bad down there no it's pretty it's pretty bad down there i think i mean tim pool and all those guys seem to be feeding on it feeding it yeah but it is their paydays in a way these days yeah yeah in a way you've created this yeah sort of monster (laughs) <laughs> if you've looked, if you've looked at just at the, no, I don't, I don't want, I don't think we should get into it. Let's stick with this. You got All the right. jingle for this? What, what's that noise? But, but it's military to me. Definitely military. Probably classified too. Dish fire. Prism. Sentry eagle. Sigma. Mannerkin. Artichoke. MK Ultra. Operation Project. Project Operation. So, have you been hearing lately in the in the memes and in your Twitter and all about Bill Gates and the mosquito program? Is that the seven hundred and fifty million <laughs> mosquitoes? Yeah, they want to like that's how they're gonna fucking submit their uh, spread the vaccine. <laughs> the vaccine. Oh, to... I didn't see that. I just heard something about some mosquitoes. That... I mean, I don't know how much of it is is true, and it's just you know. I mean, I they're releasing a bunch of mosquitoes. It didn't say anything about Bill Gates. Oh, I thought he was a bunch of mosquitoes. I think 
The, the thing is I think that he the, talked about it. I guess it's supposed to be yeah, there's some clarity or something. I mean, I didn't yeah. go too far down it. I mean, so it, it's funny because to be honest, I'm not surprised. And I think they've probably been doing it forever. And we're just oh, in this, this is weird operation, information where operation big buzz, the information age is just us finding out about all the operation big buzz. Well, they, I mean, they've been practicing this shit for a long time, right? I mean, I'm not saying continually, but Operation Big Buzz was a U.S. military entological, entomological warfare this field This isn't going to be as fun as it sounds, is it? It's going to be great. I've got a couple Operation little ones Operation Big here. Buzz sounds like a real good time. Sounds like a couple of buddies down by the lake, a couple of big joints, and the so, Big Buzz on. <laughs> so Bill was talking about, Bill, the one, so the Lyme Anderson, disease, the Bill Lyme Lowe. disease that we we're talking about in this show. Can tonight. I say his last name? I just I, I did. The Lyme disease we're talking about is, is about our our Bill, our friend Bill in in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Okay. Now this was in Georgia in 1955. Way before his time. field test conducted in the U.S. state of Georgia. This test involved dispersing over 300,000 mosquitoes from aircraft and through ground dispersal methods. It was designed to determine the feasibility of producing, storing, loading into munitions. And dispersing from aircraft the yellow fever mosquito, though these were not infected for the test. The second goal of the operation was to determine whether the mosquitoes would survive their dispersion and seek meals on the ground. <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, that's all we need to know about that. They're bred, they're breeding all these mosquitoes. They, bre they bred about a million female mosquitoes. Oh, it's just disgusting. So then there's Operation Sea Spray, which was a 1950 U.S. Navy secret op experiment, which Seratia marcensins and Basilis globuli, globigili, globa, globigi, this bacteria <laughs> were sprayed over the San Francisco Bay in California. So they released these pathogens off the shore of San Fran based on results from monitoring equipment at 43 locations around the city. The army determined that San Francisco had received enough of a dose for nearly all of the city's 800,000 residents to inhale at least 5,000 of the particles. Yeesh. This is 1950. Haven't we talked about this before? Yes, we have. Okay. Uh, I didn't have them highlighted, but I thought it's a good time to go over it again. Well, there's a bunch and of them. You think I don't pay attention? No, no, no. There's a bunch. Of, <laughs> there's a bunch of them, though. So, and then there's Operation Polka Dot, which I won't get into, which is a biological cluster bomb of chicken pox. Uh, I, it's it has a link. It was also detailed in Operation Troublemaker, oh. and I couldn't find anything on it. It even has a link in Wikipedia, but it doesn't go anywhere. So there's Operation it, Troublemaker. Yeah. That's you with your slingshot. And it said it involved filling the munitions with this biological agent simulant. Uh, and it's again that back bacillus globuli, globuli. So anyways, lots of crazy stuff going on. How many years ago now? 70 years ago. They were experimenting with insects and cluster bombs full of diseases. So that's kind of more scary to me than... It's like they want to vaccinate us and we don't want to take it. They'll just, they'll just spray it in bug form or cloud form or, I mean, what's stopping them from doing that? They really yeah. think that they really think that we need morality pills because we don't want well, to Well, that's comply. kind of the thing. Like 
So they really need a forced vaccination program. If they really wanted something in us, they'd get it into us. Yeah. In the modern age, you know? Yeah. They could really just put it in the water. Yeah. Well, that's what the guy suggested with the morality bill, right? Morality water? Yeah. Will the Berkey get that out? You <laughs> <laughs> need to upgrade I our mean, water filtration. thing. Just throw a bunch of psilocybin in there from time to time. And well, they mention your, that. There's yeah. your morality they water. They mention that, yeah. Better than fluoride. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to dose a bunch of people with psilocybin either, though. No, you don't want to do anything tone. against people's. You know, this is. Oh. You don't want to do it. What you do want to do? Head over to grimeamerica.ca/slash support today. If you're getting a little value from the show, maybe it's worth a cup of coffee to you. What's the show worth to you? What's today's show worth to you? What was last week's show worth to you? What were the last four hundred and some shows? Worth to you if you listen to all of them, maybe you listen to a hundred. I don't know how many shows you listen to, but uh, all these shows cost money. They cost effort. They cost time. It's us putting a little value out in the world. And we would love if you could send a little value back our way, whatever you think it's worth over at grimeamerica.ca slash support. And we would appreciate that. I mean, here's the thing. In all honesty, we get emails constantly from um, different people that want to sponsor the show or advertise on the show and, it's just, you know, we've said we're not going to do that. We don't want to do that. But it's tough when you like their products too and you like their, you know, I mean, we would never do stuff we don't believe in, but we ha- we are being approached all the time and we're saying no, right? Yeah. So so we're counting on you guys to pick up that slack. Because we don't want ads in there, right? Then, then you end up, you just end up doing ads and we don't want to have stuff, to right? get to stuff and we don't want people saying, ooh, I don't want that associated with my products and it's just a slippery slope once you get in bed with these people. We want to be accountable to only you guys. That's true. And that's why we're supported only by you guys. So I'm going to end with a scary quote. Darren's going to guess who it is. We don't even need the jingle, do we? Oh, it's here. Demoralize the enemy from within by surprise, terror, Sabotage, assassination. This is the war of the future. It's a public speaker. Public no, speaker. That's, that's kind of a, a rhetorical description of this evil man. Evil man? Uh, I'm going to have to go with George Bush Sr. <laughs> Hitler. Oh. <laughs> well, I think they knew each other. <laughs> I think they knew each other. You know, I gotta say, I haven't heard a word from uh, Brent. We're supposed to go live with in like five minutes. Oh wow, really? Eh? Okay. Well, that's that's not about this intro. So let's wrap that's this it. thing. Let's wrap up. this up. We love you guys, and uh, sign up for the newsletter. Join the chats. slash chats Yeah. Thanks to Roxanne and and Scott. It was a great show. Yeah. Enjoy the chat with these guys. They're fantastic. They're fun cats. It's a fun chat. I think you'll enjoy it. I did.
All right, tonight we've got a special episode sort of on the health and wellness bent. We've got Scott Emmons here. He's the founder of MD Logic, and we've also got Dr. Roxanne Corfara with us. So I'd, I'd like to put it to you, Scott, to introduce yourselves. Um, there's quite a, quite a bio there, so instead of me stumbling through it, you're the man. All right, well, th- thank you, uh, Graham and Darren, for having us. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on the show. I've been big fans for a long time, so uh, grateful awesome. to be here. So thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Um, and well, excited to bring something to the audience tonight. We hope is helpful for uh, for their health and well being. Uh, so myself, I've been in the biotech health and wellness space now, going on twenty five years or so. Uh, and recently, in fact, February first of twenty twenty, so not exactly perfect timing for a, a new business to start. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, we started this company in twenty twenty. It's been around for fifteen years as a brand, but we purchased that brand and really are making a, a, an aggressive effort to make the company even more engaged with the community. And our pillars are about education of healthcare uh, and providing information, education, and then of course, great nutritional uh, supplements for people, for their immune system and their general well-being. Uh, Dr. Kafora, who is joining us, is a board-certified functional medicine internal physician based in Long Island, New York. Uh, she has a great depth of experience in anti-aging, various infectious diseases, including Lyme, which we'll talk about tonight. Uh, and I know that you'd like to talk to her about uh, the COVID situation, uh, which we will touch on, but also really how to help keep your body in its uh, optimal condition, both your immune system and your overall health. So it's my great pleasure to welcome and introduce Dr. Kafour to the Great America Show. Well, thank you for having us and me. I'm looking forward to anything that I could answer, any questions that I could answer, and really getting on the topic of uh, COVID-19, which is the disease, and then COVID-2, which is the virus that causes the disease. So I know there's a lot of questions out there, and uh, we're here to answer them, and also on Lyme disease. So I know, Scott, you, you're going to take it over and just roll it over, and I'll just chime in. So with that said, I think, Dr. Ford, the, the place to start would be maybe just sort of a, a general sense of, you know, what is going on in the community in the United States with COVID-19 right now? Um, and then let's talk, kind of go from there into what are the things people can do to help get themselves prepared and be in the best possible physical and mental state to be ready for any type of virus, cold, infection, to just have their immune system and their general health prepared and ready to be in the best possible condition it can be. Yes, that's a great point, Scott. And it is all about your immune system and keeping yourself at optimal health. So for everyone listening, it's very important to go for your routine physicals, make sure you're getting your cholesterol checked, your sugar checked. All of these things are inflammatory proteins. And when someone has high sugar, high cholesterol, they're more at risk for getting any type of viral illness. Now, coronavirus, corona has six species of viruses, one being the common cold, but the COVID 2 is the one that has caused havoc, you know, internationally, you know, in countries, America, and all over the world that has, uh, you know, wreaked uh, havoc. So I think it's a, um, you know, really to understand the disease is to understand the viron itself and how this virus attacks us. So I could go in as deep as you want or as superficial as you want. But uh, yes, your immune system is key. 
and keeping up with your regular health and wellness with your physician is also key. This virus will attack you when you are have a weakened system and you have inflammatory proteins like sugar, LDL cholesterol, high triglycerides, and any other inflammatory diseases. Okay, yeah, that's that's good. I want, there's a couple different questions I have on that. I saw your video. Maybe we could describe the the uh, the viral part of it a little bit. I saw your little YouTube video you did where you're kind of hacking up an egg in in a sim like in a uh, in a representation of of the COVID. Yes, yes. So the COVID virus has spike proteins around it. So just imagine like just just a, a round ball with spikes, sharp spikes. And those spikes of proteins that attack, I say, tongue and lung. And remember this, you don't want those spike proteins to get into your tongue and you don't want them to get into your lung. Because as soon as they get on in your airway, that's when it's going to cause an inflammatory response. So this virus causes havoc because of its inflammatory response and its replication of getting in to your upper airway. Thus, the masking is very important because the masking is not only protecting you, but is also protecting others and immunocompromised or people with inflammation. It protects them from getting ill. So I tell all my patients and everyone out there, the only way to control this is to prevent it from getting into a cell which is you, Graham, and you, Darren, and me, and, you know, and Scott, you know, don't let it get in there because it needs us to replicate itself. Dr. Poor, before we go too much further, there's, there's always a little bit of controversy with masks, right? So even myself, I found myself hesitant to want to wear a mask for a lot of different reasons. I think probably the most compelling for me is sort of the mandate of it feeling sort of uh, as though our rights are kind of being taken away. So you had talked to me about masks. We had a discussion about that the other day. And I think what you articulated to me is it's not a perfect system. It's not going to necessarily be the definitive thing that prevents it. But if it's the right mask, the right type of layered mask, and it fits appropriately, there is a overall general benefit. And it's probably worth doing, in your opinion, especially indoors and close quarters but maybe not so much outside, but indoors and close quarters. That, I'll let you expand on that. Yes, because again, you have to control it from entering into a cell that it could replicate itself. So if this uh, person sneezes, and like my video that Graham had mentioned, you know, I showed my uh, secretary walking into the door and sneezing and sneezing all of these uh, things that I used as props, which were called gum seeds because they had spikes on them. And they actually look like the Cove 2 Viron. And to just show how it could spread. So that mask controls that spread, that droplet. And if that droplet is on a desk or it's on a keyboard or on a you know, cup of coffee and someone else goes there and picks it up and then touches their mouth, that's, it has to enter. Remember, tongue and lung. It has to go tongue and lung, tongue and lung. If you don't allow it to get to the tongue and you don't allow it to get to the lung, this will die. It needs us to replicate. So thus the masking. Uh, questions about different types of masks. Whatever you can do to cover your mouth. Okay. So really your mouth and your nose, because again, it gets an upper airway. So anything would be better than nothing. 
especially if you go into cough and sneeze. Okay. Mm -hmm. You want to bring it away from you. Okay. Or away from the person you're speaking to. Yeah. Is it aerosolized though? I mean, isn't the controversy over whether it's, it's going out of your, no matter what you wear, it's just sifting out everything into this aerosolized smaller particles that are everywhere. So what about the difference between, yeah, we know it'll stop droplets, but is that really who's, who's, you know, around a bunch of people that are sneezing and coughing? I mean, you shouldn't be around those people anyways. Right. So isn't it just everywhere if you're breathing it out and I'm talking normally, even if I have a mask. So what, so that, that is a great question and a very frequently asked question is, well, if I wear a mask, okay, so I'm going to put my mask on that I wear at work. So this is a two-ply surgical mask, right? The correct way of wearing it is putting it over your nose, okay, and clipping it. See how this, I could clip it down? So this way, when people wear glasses and if it fogs up, you know, see any fogging? You don't see fogging in my glasses, but if I wear it loose, my glasses fog up. So you have to make sure you're properly fitting your mask. You want it to be covered here and here. And you're correct. When you sneeze, particles could come out the side. They could come out the front, but you're controlling it. So it's like kind of you're going in a funnel. So you're keeping it here rather than there. So I think any, again, any covering, we know for a fact, like in medicine, this is what we do all the time, especially during a regular flu season, like the H1N1, regular influenza spreads the same way. So, you know, people do ask so many questions about masking, and it's still the gold standard for medical to be covered Like when you go for surgery, the surgeon is wearing a mask because the last thing he wants is sneezing into your abdomen when it's open, right? So it's the same principle. So um, it does does protect you from spreading. Yeah, I get the droplet part. It's just I've seen so many studies that say that they don't work against viruses and that that the virus particles are so small, they're just going through. You know, if you're wearing your shirt over your face or a bandana, it's just sifting it through into smaller droplets that might stay in the air longer than a big droplet if it's not going to hit somebody directly. So that's, yes. that's kind of my concern. Yes. And that, that's, that is again, a great question and a great, uh, you know, uh, analyzing all of these things out there and getting all the information. Virons have different weights to them. Cove two is a very heavy virus. It is a large virus. So if you take a viron of like influenza and say, I think it's 3000 nanometers or whatever, you know, the the COVID-2 compared to that is 300,000. So this is a huge thing. So more, I think people would be at more at risk of the H1N1 virus going through a mask than the COVID-2 virus. And again, the COVID-2 has spikes on it. Right. So those spike proteins are looking for a nice little moist place to attach and then enter. So I think any covering, again, will reduce. It's not going to say, oh, this is going to do it all 100 percent. Nothing's 100 percent. Not even testing is 100 percent. True. So I think, well, that's what I was going to ask next, because I think for people to 
that see the really low death rate on this, the really low percentage of even, even like if I get it, I might not even notice I have it. And then the mask seems to be just throwing this extra level of, of uh, protection that might not even be needed because it's such a weird, like if, if I, like I'm starting to sense, and, and I don't want to get too deep into this right now, but, but that if we didn't even really hear about this, this COVID, it wouldn't be, that it would be like a bad H1N1 season, you know, it wouldn't even be that, that bad, but because everybody's whipped into a frenzy, it's, it's worse than it really is. Like, how do you, you mentioned there's six species of Corona and the PCR testing they're doing doesn't seem to be able to identify specifically the COVID too. So how do we even know where we're starting with? What kind of baseline are we using when the testing is so ambiguous? You're a hundred percent right. A hundred percent because the media is putting on numbers, right? It's still less than 1% of the population. Still less than 1% in America. I don't know what it is in Canada, but it's still less than 1% of the people that get sick. When this first came out, and we do know this virus, this virus has been around for a long time. It's been around in China since 2002. It's been in, in the Middle East in 2006. It's been around. And yes, all viruses morph and things like that. But I agree with you, Graham. I agree. I think that most of us wouldn't know. As a matter of fact, in America, it came here in October, November. And we weren't notified until March. And then everyone flipped out because we had all these people going into the intensive care unit. And we didn't have the facility or, or the equipment to care for so many people that needed to be on a quote-unquote respirator. But also the treatment of this disease early on, when COVID 2 attacks, it causes inflammation. And in America, we were told, don't give steroids. Well, hey, I grew up in a time when, you know, HIV was on the rise in America. And we had people with PCP pneumonia that had a lot of inflammation. The first thing they got was steroids to decrease the inflammation. So I think there was more in the beginning, a delay of treatment. Okay. Not, the treatment was not given early enough. Okay. And now hydrochloroquinone does work. And it wasn't given early enough to stop replication of the virus. You can't treat something that the inflammatory process is already happening. The virus went in, caused it da- caused its damage, and it's, you know, happy because it caused damage, you know? Are they going to have better testing that, that can help more accurately? Yeah. Like, I still, I'm still, I still keep coming back to the testing where I, I still don't know. Most of the stuff you hear about is new cases, new cases, pool testing. You know, the CDC itself says, hey, this might be something else, pneumonia, common cold, or a different type of corona. So yes. is that, I mean, isn't that a, the ma- a major problem in this, that how we're handling this? It is. And frankly, I don't wait for tests. Right, right. Because if a person well, comes in you're with dealing, this, Yeah, you're dealing with it firsthand, right? They come in, I'm not going to say, oh, let's wait a week for your Lyme test, right. or let's wait three weeks for your antibodies, or whatever. You know, you know, when we treat as physicians, we treat the symptoms. Right. And when someone comes in with these symptoms, they're going to get the medicine or they're going to be treated aggressively, especially when it's, you know, related to the, the uh, coronavirus itself. The testing, the coronavirus has several layers. So it has the spike protein. It has an envelope that's around its nuclei acids inside. So when it gets into the nucleus of, of the um, viron, so when the viron goes in and those spike proteins attach the, the lung and the tongue, 
that's the P, that's one of the tests that's called PCR testing or the antigen testing. So those tests, which are the rapid tests that are done in offices, are checking that. But you could have the fever and exposure and that test not have sufficient amount of antigen or response. Your body may not have responded yet to it. And then it's called negative, right? right so then right. the person goes, oh, I'm negative, I'm good. And no, you're not. If you even think about getting tested, you should, you should quarantine yourself until you know that that test is negative. So it goes so both ways. It could be false negative and false positive in a way. Correct, Graham. And there's 20% of this testing is false negative. Right, right. False negative, which yeah. means those people go and they get tested and then they leave. And, and, and then they think that they're negative on a rapid test. Now what we do is confirm it with a, a test that gets sent to a lab and does more in-depth testing on the inner core of this virus. Uh, okay. okay. How rapid is rapid sure. test then? So the rapid test is within 15 to 20 minutes. I actually have oh, one yeah, behind we don't, me. We don't have that in Canada. Yeah. We're on 48 so, to 72, 48 to 72 hours. And that, so, I want to circle back to that. It's 48 to 72 hours because you know how when they advertise the flu medication, they say, um, you know, if you, you have to catch it within uh, 48 to 72 hours, I think it's 48 hours to use Tamiflu or it's ineffective. Well, Almost all viruses, we learn that the hard way with HIV, if you don't want to treat aggressive and early, you're going to miss out on that window of opportunity. So if you, if you for false positive might be a better outcome in some cases, because at least you're aggressively treating, or in your case, doctor, you're saying, I'm not waiting for the test. If you're coming with these, all these symptoms, and I know my patients, I'm going to treat you because the treatment is relatively benign, safe, proven, and you're going to rather be aggressive on the treatment than risk them getting really, really sick down the road. Well, what is great it, point. What's yeah, the treatment then? Sorry, steroids? No, no, no. So the treatment depends upon where you are in the disease. But I just want to comment on Scott when he said about the flu. When I do a test in my office, we use this machine here called Sophia. And Sophia, you just get a finger stick or you get a swab. Now, what I do is I check for influenza. Because during this process, don't forget, we had H1N1 virus, which is influenza virus. And the testing is much better for influenza. So if someone came in with a fever and a cough, which sounds like influenza as well, so coronavirus and influenza, very similar presentation. When you did an influenza test, a rapid test, I could say, oh, wow, you're positive. So you're definitely H1N1. Because there is no cross-reactivity with COVID 2 and, and the influenza uh, testing. The corona testing, I did not bring into my office because I don't trust it. Right. I just don't trust it. Should And yeah. No, keep going. So just in Darren that you were saying like, okay, so, you know, how do you treat a person that comes in and says, I have a fever, I have a cough, I feel like garbage, right? I feel like a truck ran over me. Those are the same symptoms as H1N1, Corona, and Lyme. Oh. So how do you differentiate as a physician to treat the patient properly? Sophia also does Lyme testing, which is very accurate on this test. Wait, so what I so choose, I thought yeah. Lyme disease was a hoax. <laughs> oh, oh, 
Oh, I'll have a whole conversation about Lyme. <laughs> yeah, we should for sure. But just to oh, stick yeah. on to stick on on COVID, the vi- doesn't the viral load or during the summer doesn't this as the thing goes on doesn't it lose strength or doesn't it you know stop spreading as fast just on its own naturally? Well, interestingly, as you point out. We're finding it's an all year round disease. This thing didn't stop. Really. This one, this when one, you, or or all, or the H one. The COVID, yeah. the yeah. COVID two influenza comes around November when people are traveling for the holidays and they're enclosed in spaces. A lot of air travel. So we'll see influenza H one N one from November to March in America. With this COVID two. We're still seeing a little bit of it. Right. It kind of went down a little bit, but I'm not sure, you know, warm weather or things eliminate it because you're still less than 1% from the beginning and still less than 1% to now, but more people are testing positive for it, but that's because we have testing now. And, and, and you have also like Florida making a mess of their testing and the pool testing, oh. which the media is counting as positive tests, which may not even be, you know, positive yet. Yes, correct. Correct. And a lot of companies took advantage of this, yeah, right? They yeah. said, oh, we got this new virus. Let's let's get this thing out. Yeah. Now, when you test doing a rapid test, there's so many factors that are are that affect that test. And that's why there's a lot of negative, you know, false negatives. Because one, you have to cor- correctly collect it. So you have to go way up in the nostril to collect that the, the viron itself. So most people weren't, those drive-thrus weren't doing it correctly. They were just swabbing the front of the nose. They had to go all the way up. So we had a lot of false negatives with that. The second thing is the reagents. When you do a test like this, the reagents that are used have to activate the, vi- you know, the viron proteins. The reagents weren't good. So there were a, there lot was a of shortage people. of reagents, and so they were skimping on the reagent. Yes. Yes. So, have you seen those memes that people are saying, like, if you have to go all the way up in here to get the thing to test it, how come it? How come just moistly talking is so bad? Like, how come you can't Ready just go like that? Up, it goes up on us, Graham. Um, have you seen those memes? If that you know, the people are saying, if you have to go all the way up here to get the specimen to test it how come moistly talking is so bad right right because when you go up remember the spike protein remember the spike okay so when you're doing this testing it's the spike protein that you're testing so if you don't go all the way up and get where it attaches there are receptors called ace receptors in our nasal and our lung passages this is what cove 2 likes it goes with its spikes, it seeks that ACE receptor, it attaches to it, and then it releases its viron into the cell to replicate. Okay. So that's why they have to go all the way up, because that's where the receptors okay. are. Okay, okay. So, that makes so sense. Graham's question, though, is if you have to go that far up into the nose, and correct me if I'm wrong, Graham, but I think you're saying if you have to go that far in the nose, how does it then so easily come up out of your lungs? Or, or up out of your mouth. I mean, if is it's it a different you know, because part of it's the already, viron it's that's already coming spread? up and out, like how? Yeah. Again, that, again. so think of it as a Viron with spikes on it. So it's it's rolling through your body until it gets to the receptor, which is a lock and key mechanism. It finds the receptor way up, attaches to the cell, and then 
releases itself. So when you, when you just say releases itself, doctor, I think that what you're saying is that's what's happening in your lungs is there's a lot of free flowing of virons that are flowing through, but to test it, you have to actually get the spiked protein version, which you have to collect from the deep inside. Yes. So that your lungs are essentially blowing out non, non stuck virons. You got it. Yes. Great, great way of putting it. It's non stuck. <laughs> Non-stuck virons. Free-flowing virons versus the ones that have binded to the receptor. Exactly. So your immune system didn't get to it yet. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Do you got any questions, Darren, about that before we move on? Or do you want to, do you want to hit the Lyme? Cause we do have, I want to, I want to, I mean, we, I want to get into yeah. the general like immune system and how we can, you know, Oh, I did have a question about, you mentioned about um, cholesterol. I mean, I heard you say in a couple of your talks too, that cholesterol is good and you got to be careful about getting, uh, cholesterol results back. So I don't know if you want to touch on that before we move to like so, Lyme and EDS. Yeah. So chol cholesterol is produced in your body and it's a good substance. It produces your hormones and it produces your immune cells. So if you're taking cholesterol medicine and your cholesterol is too low, that's not good. If it's too high, it's not good because then it causes inflammation. So too low, you're not producing hormones, which are protective, and you're not producing your immune cells. Too high, you have too much inflammation, and it's causing issues with the body. Okay. One I thing do want to mention, Graham, I want to mention with, um, it's important with immunity, right? So with MD Logic, zinc and vitamin C, this is key. So the zinc, what zinc does it, when that spike protein tries to get into the tongue and lung, zinc makes it slide off. It actually makes that proteinaceous material weakened. So I like this because you could suck on the zinc. The vitamin C boosts up the immune system as well and acts as an anti-inflammatory. So if you're exposed or like myself in my office, I always keep this on my desk. You know, so even with the mask, sometimes I'll come in, I'll pop one if I feel like, oh, I better, I better take something extra to kind of not let these things attach. So zinc, it's a known fact. It can prevent or slow down the processing of your COVID 2 attacking you and your vitamin C for your immune system. The thing that I combine it with, with MD logic is called immunologic. When COVID 2 came out, I called Scott and I said, Scott, we need something fast, like fast, like we need zinc and vitamin C so it, it won't get in there. And we need something to boost up the immune system. Or if it gets in there, we need a combination of something that could decrease in inflammatory proteins to, to add that extra layer of protection. And I'll tell you, thank, thankfully, MD Logic, they, they're unbelievable that this was put out and perfect. And I've been using it from day one on my patients. And these two things, I can't keep them on my shelf because people did very well. They did very well. Out of 5,500 patients that I have, active patients, I only had 38 people that had coronavirus and 37 were treated at home. Nice. And did very well. Thank God. And doctor, that leads to the last question that Darren had on COVID. And then we can move on to Lyme, which was, you know, what is, what is the treatment if they do have it? And you, it, I think you made a really good point about the flu test and how that's a very accurate test. So by doing the flu test in the office, you can quickly eliminate that as the issue. 
So once you've done that and you're pretty certain it is, it is COVID, what would be uh, the standard treatment that you would do for someone that you feel is, is at risk? Yeah, if they're at risk, hydroxychloroquine. It stops replication of the virus. And I I do the zinc, the vitamin C, the immunologic for your nutrients. So zinc, zinc, 50 milligrams of zinc per day has shown to decrease it. Vitamin C was used intravenously in China in 2002 (laughs) to treat it intravenously at very high doses. So, you know, that it works. It works. And then when you need medication, the cheapest medicine, 10 bucks for a 10 day supply. Why would you go with the, all these other IV things that they used, which did not decrease mortality? The key in any virus or any illness, get it early, treat it early, period. If you're not treating it early and you're waiting weeks for an antibody or weeks for any kind of testing, then the, you're doing injustice to the patient. So your practice seems to show that same like a half to three quarters of a percent of the population susceptible to it? Yes. Or getting it at least, but it seems to be, you know, a lot less than 5% for sure. Yes, absolutely. And I just, uh, about two months ago, I said, I want to start following these antibody tests just to see like in my general population, I want every patient to have an antibody test. So I've done about 2,800 tests thus far for antibodies I have, and this is including the ones that were sick, I have eight positives. Eight. Wow. So I said, yeah. So it makes me go, eh, is this testing still not up to par? Because my 37, you know, out of that 38 that were treated at home and the one that was hospitalized, they should have antibodies. Unless they just had the cold. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So then in your opinion, because you're dealing with the flu and with COVID and Lyme and, and Lyme, Lyme. but just leaving it with the flu and COVID for now, which do you think is more dangerous to the population? Because the flu, I think you've got everyone sort of susceptible to it. And we do see more cases of the flu and more in the office. Yeah. And, and it's early intervention with Tamiflu with the influenza. If we do the same thing with COVID 2 and maybe that's why my patients didn't develop antibodies because I treated it oh. early. Mm. You know, so I don't know. There's unanswered questions to that. But it could be possibly that I intervened before their immune system could get so sick and develop antibodies and things like that. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. If, um, if we can't develop the antibodies naturally, what does a vaccine do differently to protect us? I love that question, Darren. Wow. (laughs) I'm going to say wow to that one. He's going deep down the rabbit hole. So um, I'm going to speak um, personally. Um, I, I think the vaccines should be reserved for those who are immunocompromised and at risk. That's my own feeling. 
I think when you put out a vaccine for the whole entire population, I'm not too sure because COVID 2 attacks certain genetics. It attacks ACE receptors, it attacks toll receptors, and it attacks what's called the HLA receptor. So what I put out there in the air was that 21 and me, everyone did their DNA and millions of people did that. So why don't we look at that DNA of that of 23 and me or 21 and me, whatever it is, you know, look at that DNA, know your DNA, know if you are one individual that is at risk and if you are at risk, receive a vaccination. Now, the answer to the antibodies, monoclonal antibodies have been used in disease and monoclonal antibodies are being made so that when you get the disease, you're able to inject the person with an antibody to treat the disease. That's me. Is that from the convalescent blood of of other patients? Yes, but also being made. So synthetic monoclonal bodies and then natural. But now you're still only treating people who are sick, not everybody, which is a lot less financially lucrative. Well, a vaccine's not a treatment; it's a prevention, right? So we don't monoclonal antibodies, I believe, right there. Yeah, because that seems like a more effective treatment than a vaccine. I agree with you, Darren. Now, I that, agree. Can, I, that, can that not be used for things that have been around forever, like measles or pertussis? Yes. Well, most, or, yes. So mm-hmm. lot, doesn't that make a lot more sense than injecting 350 Absolutely. million people? Absolutely. We, we use monoclonal antibodies today to treat high cholesterol, high LDL. The medicine's called Repatho. It's a monoclonal antibody. So it's like a little Pac-Man that just seeks LDL cholesterol, takes it and dissolves it. Your own blood cell, your macrophage dissolves it and it's gone without any effect on the liver or anything like that. So looking at these monoclonal antibodies, I think that's the, that's the future of disease, of treating. It's interesting. Many, many. As a, you know, listening to the, the dialogue between you and Darren, I'm thinking, and, and, and Graham, I'm thinking, that really kind of makes a lot of sense that you would have the vaccines for those that really need it, you know, the elderly that immunocompromised because they're not going to be able to pop, probably create their own antibodies. They'll, they'll probably get sick, right? For those folks that might develop it or are much less risk, you could use the monoclonal antibodies as the treatment along with all the other therapies that we know have some effect uh, that we've already talked about. And thus, thus you're not exposing millions and millions, hundreds of millions, if not billions of people to something that may or may not be effective in the long run, that may be less effective in the long run. And it's so proven like dangerous. That, that you, well, yeah, I mean, sure, if I gave peanut butter to 7 billion people, a lot of people yeah, are going to yeah, have I a mean, really I bad reaction. I mean, I don't care what side of the vaccine aisle you're on. I mean, it's at least 1 in 1,000 or 1 in 10,000. So at 1 in 10,000, you're eliminating, you know, almost a million people off the face of the earth. And that's at the lowest, 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 lowest possible end of injury. Yeah. Not going to get an argument from me there. Yeah. And you're not going to get an argument from me there either. I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a medical field that we individualize medicine. Everyone's genetics are different. Everyone's reaction to things are different, you know, and we need to start to look at genetic predispositions to diseases and treat each individual as an individual, not as a total population. Hey, everyone get this. 
you know, because not everyone's going to respond the same or react the same. I, I think there's a, a lot of uh, movement uh, towards precision medicine, it's called. Right. And that's the and, name and, of the and, game right now. And 20 years from now, if we had 20 years of safety data, efficacy data on this vaccine and others too, right? Um, I would be I'd say, okay, this, there's some much more reason, but to, to, I think the general, to Darren's point, there, there are side effects. It does, it is going to have an injure, it's going to injure a certain portion of the population. And this one's been rushed with no long-term side effects. That's what makes me personally apprehensive at the speed and rate. There is zero ability to do a long-term uh, study. So I, I am with you guys on that, that I just think um, vaccines in general are a good thing to have, but they're not something I think every single person in the world needs to have for every single disease. It's a little, I mean, it's, it's a little sketchy too, when it's like, I haven't heard one person of authority say, Hey, you know, you really got to make sure you're getting eight hours of sleep every night and eating your vegetables. And, you know, maybe don't fucking eat pizza every night this week because there's this thing going around and I mean, I would argue that every fucking thing I just mentioned will do more for you than a fucking mask. <laughs> you know what, Darren? You're so right. Because I always I, I always tell my patients too. I go, I want a commercial. You know, like those commercials like, oh, you know, your, your statin, your Lipitor, blah, blah, blah. It could cause blah, 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 death, seizures, blah, blah, blah. Why don't we have a commercial that says the side effects of eating vegetables and fruit are antioxidants and increase immune system and fight fighting disease? Like we should have commercials showing little vegetable people saying what what are the side effects of this? Forget these medicines and side effects, or or getting things out because of because of the dollar. I mean, let's be real; yeah. it's yeah. the dollar subsidizing it's, corn syrup instead of. Telling yeah. people not to fucking I, I, eat. I'm, I'm Darren. That's something I'm really frustrated with too. It's like you watch the mainstream media, or any really any media. It's really hard for to, to find doctors or reporters talking about. Hey, here are six things you can do: get some sunlight, uh, make sure that you're getting eight hours of sleep, make sure that you're eating a reasonable, a good diet that contains lots of vegetables with antioxidants and vitamin C. And then a study came out with vitamin D, and it got like maybe one day of press, and they said, "Oh, but be careful because you can OD on vitamin D 3 and I'm thinking, do you know how much vitamin D3 you've got to take? <laughs> you to, to land on you, the sun. You, you'd, have to, you'd have to drink a bottle of it. I mean, not to diminish it. I'm not a doctor. I'm making medical statements or <laughs> diagnosing anything. But I'm just saying, it seemed kind of ridiculous that, that one day it was D3. The very next day, there were like eight articles on, on overdosing of vitamin D3. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know, there's not been one special I've seen that kind of said, here are the eight different vitamins, nutrients zinc see and list it out and here's the things you can do moderate exercise sleep this much sunshine and by the way social activity and laughing also important for your immune system cortisol important for your immune system as dr before mentioned your hormones important for your immune system why are we not talking about the dozens of things americans can do and canadians can do in terms of their diet nutrition uh and lifestyle habits that would prevent the disease in the first place which is even better than treating it aggressively yeah would uh, you, it's a facade when they tell us they're like locking us in our houses and ruining our livelihoods to save us to help keep us healthy i mean if they really cared you wouldn't be able to buy fucking 80 ounce soft drinks and don't think for a second that i'm saying that they should do that because i don't think that the government should be involved in that at all people want to buy fucking sodas and yes, drink soda nice. all day that's their that's their mm -hmm. their choice 
But if the government really cared, they'd be clamping down on things like that or, you know, you know, McDonald's burgers being part cardboard and things like that. But they don't give a fuck. Or, or at we least know. balance it out with, hey, here are all the things that you can do that are healthy. Here, yeah. you know, balance the message out with do these other things that are healthy instead of having a Big Mac. Well, I want to I want to comment with all of that. The most inexpensive nutrients and the most important is D. D is key. And I can't I, and just remember all your listeners and everyone here. D is key. Get your level checked. Because D is not only an antiviral, it's shown to decrease H1N1 virus. They just released that it decreases COVID 2 the incidence of COVID 2 virus. These are scientific studies. And if you, if you want to look at scientific studies, you go on PubMed.com and you can get all of the scientific studies that were just done with the coronavirus. So again, vitamin D is key and your blood level should be above 50. It should be between 50 and 70. Now, I truly believe dark-skinned people were more prone to this virus because dark-skinned people have their own sunscreen. It's the skin color. They can't absorb D. So a lot of my dark-skinned population here, their D levels were great because they were taking it. But when I did see someone just recently, a new patient, her D level was a nine. Now, she's at risk. Is and it, she's dark skin and she and she has a, a, a sunscreen. So all of us should get our vitamin D levels checked. Make sure you're taking D, especially if you're dark skin. Black, brown people must take vitamin D. You're not going to produce it. You're not going to get it from the sun. And this here, I'm telling you, you're going to see data on top of data on top of data. Vitamin D, the cheapest nutrient. But instead... You know, go get a, a a drug of you know an intravenous drug in the hospital for COVID two that costs thirty five hundred dollars a shot. Doesn't make sense. So, is there an instance of like less mortality or less COVID around the the equator? Because I guess like those dark skinned people would be doing fine if they were in Africa or someplace getting that intense levels of vitamin D. It's when we move up into the northern climates and. Like I think up wow, in Canada, a- we only get direct sunlight for like five months of the year, yes. or six months of the year. The rest of the year, yes. you're not getting anything. Wow. You know, Darren, you, you've got a great, great thing to get studied. You know, take Canadians and do their vitamin D level. Just run their D level. And it's very inexpensive to run a vitamin D level, too. A lab could do it for $12. You know, that's yeah. charging an insurance company. So it costs them pennies to run a vitamin D level. And it costs pennies for people to take vitamin D. What a great point. I hope people are listening or scientists is listening out there to take exactly what you said, Darren, and take northerners and take people that live close to the equator and really take their vitamin D levels and look at the incidence of, of viruses. I know Aruba, Aruba had, had four cases. That was it. That was it. So and those there, there is, there is one, visitors. there is one study yeah. I'm aware of as we were going through this, that, um, it was an American only study, but they did show that like, I, I don't remember what line of latitude, maybe 32 or something, but basically from like the middle of the country up is su- significantly more deficient in D than the, the Southern parts of the, the United States. It was just a U.S. study, but I think you could extrapolate that too. If you're not getting sunlight, you're not getting D. Well, yeah. Especially with everybody. Well, I don't know what percentage there. it is, but, but yeah. a huge percentage of our vitamin D3 comes from the sun. Yeah. 
especially with everybody locked in their homes right now. I mean, is there a good mm-hmm. panel that you, I mean, you've mentioned like other, other tests as well, cholesterol, but I mean, people don't really want to go to the doctor right now either. So right. is there like, is there a, can you go to other, so let's say you go to the doctor, what do you ask for all these things? Or is there a name of just an overall uh, panel you can get done or you can get tested or? Yeah, so the general panel, uh, Canadian medicine is different than American medicine. American medicine, the insurance companies will pay for what's called a, a Chem 7, which checks your sodium, your potassium, your chloride, your CBC. Your CBC is your white blood cell count, red blood cell count. And then your cholesterol, which is your LDL, your HDL, the heart healthy, you know, and total cholesterol. That's your basic and you could get a, a, um, a good idea uh, just based on blood sugar, too. You know, if your blood sugar is running high, you're inflamed. If your LDL is high, you're inflamed. And they do have over-the-counter kits. They have the regular finger stick kits that you could do at home for blood sugar, like what the diabetics use. So you could get your own self-data. Okay. I'll send you, you guys a link as well. We have... Um, a partner that worked with us and they are literally a, a, called a request a test. And basically you can request a test that you go to the, just, you only go deliver your blood or it comes to your house and you do the finger prick and then your doctor gets the results and they can do telemedicine and read the results for, for you. Great. So that might be helpful. Yeah. Um, and then um, I think the, you know, the, the issue is, you know, do you do the D3 test included in that, that, that chem seven, is that included in there? No, it's not. Comes. You have to. It's you got to add that to the. You have to, to the, add that. To, yeah. So, That's, in addition to D three, Doctor, before what else would you say? So you do your your standard Chem seven, which is your standard sort of cholesterol and overall blood work. D three. What else might you add to that that test? Well, I add some fancy schmancy things because I really want to analyze the inflammatory response. So I'll add, and I don't think uh, Canada. Uh, we'll be doing this, or even certain insurance companies here have an issue with it. But a C-reactive protein, which is an inflammatory protein, homocysteine, and then I check interleukins, uh, interleukin four and six, to see if there's more, you know, inflammation in a COVID two patient. I want to know what their inflammatory status is as far as interleukins, because we could block those. So I treat the inflammatory response once that coronavirus gets in there and causes inflammatory response, you want to lower the interleukins. And natural things that lower interleukins is one in the immunologic, which is quercetin, okay, and melatonin. So melatonin, five milligrams, has been studied to lower IL-6, which is what coronavirus causes. That's an inflammatory protein that goes up. Another cheap, inexpensive nutrient that people think for sleep, but it's not, it's not only for sleep. It's the, one of the highest antioxidants you could take, and it will decrease IL-6, inflammatory protein. So that's part of the functional medicine protocol when we have someone that had the coronavirus, and now we want to clear out these inflammatory proteins. And if we didn't catch them early and we caught them later, we're, we're pretty aggressive with that. How would you prioritize all the rest of the stuff like sleep, sun, hydration, lifestyle, diet, or, or can you, I mean, are they, is it all just get as much of all that as you can, or is there any way to prioritize that for people? Yeah. Priority is food first. Diet is everything. So, you know, when you look at the, the cellular energy, 
called ATP. ATP is the end stage of cellular energy. You need to produce that energy. To get that energy, you need to be eating the proper amount of fats, carbohydrates, and proteins. You need to be able to break them down in your intestines, thus probiotics or good bacterium, right? That breaks them down. Then when you absorb it, you need B vitamins, B6, 12, and folic acid to bring it into the cell. Now the cell, now the cell's got from the diet, it has its energy sources to produce ATP. So food first. If you can't get it in food, then I tell patients supplement. So if a patient can't get their B vitamins, their zinc, their selenium, their minerals, or anything like that, I put them on the MD Logic Multi for men or Multi for women, because men and women are different. You require different things. So that's why MD Logic made two different, you know, um, uh, uh, multivitamins. And I always I tell Scott, and Scott loves when I say this, it's the five and one. So if you have someone who's not eating well and I just give them that multivitamin, I know I'm getting five things. I'm getting D, 1500 I use in there. I'm getting zinc, selenium, iodine in there. I'm getting methylated Bs, which is the best form of B to get into the brain, get into the cell and produce cellular energy. And I'm getting vitamins and fruits and vegetables that are also in that one one tablet that, you know, a person takes. So um, food first, supplement second, medicine last, and not all medicine is bad. People, some people have to take medicine and that's okay. You just need to be responsible in making sure the other two things are good. Yeah. And on the prevention side, Graham, to that question, I think Dr. Ford, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would also say, so to me it would be food. And then you asked about hydration and sleep. I would say sleep. Sun, yeah. Yeah. Sleep is, I mean, without sleep, your immune system basically ceases to function. Um, there's multiple studies on, on animals and humans where if they sleep deprived them, they die of bacterial uh, pneumonias or viruses very quickly. You'd be amazed. Like, a few days without sleep and a rat dies from infection or total sepsis of the blood, which is kind of crazy. So sleep is very important. Sun really is important primarily for the vitamin D3, but not just that, other reasons. Um, so I think sleep is super important. And hydration is something that it's not as simple as just drinking water. Uh, you've got to have the minerals. So if you drink a lot, like people will say, I drink a ton of water, I'm hydrated. But if you drink a ton of water without magnesium, calcium, potassium, sodium, you are basically dehydrating yourself. So you've got to have magnesium, you've got to have potassium and calcium and, uh, and the, uh, all these other electrolytes and micro minerals in that water so that your cells can actually absorb it. Otherwise, you're just peeing all the time and you're peeing clear and you're peeing out all your B vitamins along with it. So you're really dehydrating yourself if you're not mineralized. So You've got to make sure you have the right minerals and you're taking them or that you're drinking a mineralized type of water. Uh, so I think that they're all important, Graham, to your point of view. I don't know that anything is the most important, but if I had to pick one of those things, I would say sleep would <laughs> be my number one. Yeah, no, that's that's good. That's good to know. Yeah. I'm really good at sleeping and eating, so this is <laughs> right up my alley. So this is this the script fits the bill. This is perfect. So we better Next switch to line, guys. You need to smoke more weed and fucking I'm. <laughs> hey, we did not say that. that. No, that was BBD. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. But but sleep on the, on just a point of sleep. The reason why sleep works is it works on cortisol. 
Cortisol is everyone's anti-inflammatory hormone. So with lack of sleep, your cortisol goes down and you lose your body's anti-inflammatory and also its protection for the immune system. So yes, sleep is key. D vitamin D is key and food is key. It's all, it's all, it's all key, key, key. Cortisol is also a stress hormone, right? Yes, that's correct. So do you notice any sort of correlation with people that have like early childhood stress and trauma and an inability to fight disease and stuff down the road? Absolutely. Because any, there's three forms of stress, psychological, physiological, and environmental. And any one of those will decrease your cortisol. And if you have a sleep disorder in combination with that, such as sleep apnea, narcolepsy, any of these sleep disorders will also lower cortisol even more. And you will get very sick. I do cortisol levels on all my patients. I had one today. She, she gained like 80 pounds in six months. She's been to every specialist. And I did her cortisol level was a two. You should be at least a 10 to a 15. She was a two. So she was barely functioning. You don't have cortisol. You're not going to, you're going to get sick. And that's called Addison's disease. When you have no cortisol, it's Addison's disease. And that person cannot function. Nothing functions. And and it's probably important to to clarify between sort of chronic and acute cortisol uh, bursts. A lot of folks think cortisol is the stress hormone. It's all negative, but cortisol has a lot of positives when it's an acute, when you need it acutely, like to fight your, to help your immune system. But if you're under constant stress or overstressed, Darren, to the point where it's maxed yourself out, that's when it becomes problematic. And I'll let Dr. Kapoor expand just a little on that. Yeah. So cortisol, if you're at chronic exposure that you have chronic deficiencies, such as people with sleep apnea, they have no cortisol. I mean, it's horrible sleep apnea. So if they don't get their sleep apnea corrected, which goes to what you were saying, Scott, with sleep, right? So if you're not getting sleep and you have sleep apnea, your cortisol goes down, you have this chronic exposure, you will be chronically ill, chronically ill. You'll have low cortisol. And then what happens is that In order for your body to compensate, it uses other hormones. So these people then start to plummet their testosterone. What about adrenals? Yeah, well, that's the cortisol. Cortisol is adrenals. That's exactly where cortisol comes from is the adrenal glands. And that's located right on top of your kidneys. And so when your adrenals go down and cortisol goes down, you know, everything else goes down. And if you're exposed in someone who got into a car accident or someone who had COVID-2 virus, right? Their cortisol goes sky high, right? And then it plummets because they used up everything. That's the reason why in emergency rooms, we should be giving these people cortisol. We should be injecting them with high doses of solumedrol as they roll in. So we got to support their cortisol so they could fight this infection and they could fight all the stuff going on. Not enough money in that. (laughs) Yeah. always comes down to that. That's why we all have to be our own advocates. So while we're switching gears, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up a question for a friend of the show. Uh, My buddy, Bill, I feel like you're kind of uniquely positioned to, to address his situation. Um, So kind of his, and this is on Lyme disease. Yeah. Well, it's not, he's, He's, he calls it CIRS now, yes, right? He's yeah. supposedly supposed to be cured of Lyme disease now, they've told him. But he did go back and forth on that for a while. So he wrote in and he said, personally, I'm interested, interested in her perspective on CIRS, chronic inflammatory response syndrome. 
This is where I'm at now. I've taken enough antibiotics to destroy a small country, but I'm now <laughs> sitting here immobile with brutally painful joints. Went to ER again on Monday, so oh. my Lyme is cured, quote-unquote, but I'm still sick. It comes from a biotoxin coupled with other environmental factors and epigenetics. Docs run the other way when we show up. So in a nutshell, what are the best options for chronic patients post-Lyme that still present severe symptoms? Well, the first thing is that with Lyme disease, it's not just one bacterium. And when you go to a lab, they're just checking for Borrelia. You may have Auriclea, you may have Anaplasma, you may have another form of a tick-borne disease. So make sure that you would check for all the tick-borne diseases, such as Rocky Mountain spotted fever, different tick. Okay, so there's a tick panel that you do. So don't just check for Lyme, Borrelia. You must check for a Rocky Mountain, Auriclea, Anaplasma, Miyamoto. These are different forms of ticks. Now, we live in an endemic area on Long Island. We, we, we are, it was named after Lyme, Connecticut, which is right across the water here. So we are inundated with Lyme here. We have an epidemic of Lyme in America. We went from 30,000 cases four years ago up to 450,000 cases as of October 2019. And what was getting me is that these people were showing up and they, they were missed because everybody said, oh, Cove 2, Cove 2, Cove 2. When you get bit by a tick, you will get a fever. You will feel achy and you will feel miserable and you will think you have the coronavirus. But it's not coronavirus. It's a tick-borne disease. But if you're just getting checked for Borrelia, you're missing other tick-borne diseases. So to, to your friend's you know, um, effect on, from his line, he has chronic exposure and, I mean, chronic inflammation. And Lyme also produces biofilms. So when I treat Lyme, I have a team of people and I refer to an acupuncturist that does what's called Nate. I, you know, infectious disease, forget it. They, they're, they don't need, they think Lyme doesn't exist, which is just beyond. But anyway, so you have to look at biofilms. So these biofilms are other bacteria that kind of protect the Lyme within you or the tick-borne disease, I'm going to rephrase it because, again, the tick-borne disease is many bacteria, and that bacteria gets into the, your inner cell, and then you'll have something like monovirus, the mycoplasma virus, certain bacteria that kind of form this, like, like the way an onion is. It's like it just, it, it just forms layers and layers and layers around that Lyme, and that Lyme your immune system can't get to it. So your immune system is constantly fighting biofilms. So for you, I would go to a practitioner that knows how to get rid of biofilms, okay? And you, it, it's an art. I am going to tell you that. I work with an acupuncturist and I, that, I, I leave that to them because they know exactly when to intervene. Um, we use... Uh, certain herbs. Uh, cemento is an herb I, that we use in the practice for biofilms. We also use stevia or stevia, which is the sweetener. That it's, it's not an artificial sweetener. It is a natural sweetener, but there is a study that shows that it could, that it could get rid of biofilms. So you need to kind of get rid of the onion layers and peel them away 
make sure that they're dead or they're under control. So now your immune system could hit that tick-borne bacterium that it put in your body. So it's... Dr. Kapoor, I'm sorry, there's a lot there to unpack. So I want to take a pause. So biofilms, the way I describe them, is like if you've got a number of different bacteria or viruses, we'll call them bacteria for now, they, they themselves or other bacteria will create this biofilm, which I view as like jello. It's like this slimy jello coating that goes over this little clump of colony of bacteria. And, and certain parasites, like one called toxoplasmosis or toxoplasmosis gondii, for example, Ugh. your body tries to attack it and it goes into this hibernation phase where it puts this jello cap biofilm over it and your, your cells literally cannot penetrate it. So it just sits there dormant. But the second your immune system gets uh, compromised, like in an HIV patient, they start to get massive hemorrhaging in their brain because these little toxoplasmic parasites come out of those biofilms and start to eat your brain. So in tick, it's what it's sounding like is what you're saying, doctor, is that there's a number of, of other bacterial load or viral load that your body might have been naturally carrying its whole life. The tick-borne diseases, all the different bacterium that come along with that tick bite that are inclusive of Lyme outside of Borrelia uh, are either in combination with all the other viral load, bacterial load you have forming these biofilms and then getting in your joints and staying there and causing all this chronic inflammation. Um, is that what you're saying? Is that, that all these different things are basically overloading the body's immune system and that's causing this chronic inflammation because they can never get through those biofilms? Correct. That's correct, Scott. So what about preventatively? I mean, is there anything in the meantime that he can be avoiding or not eating or something to sort of, because in his situation, it's not all the time. It kind of comes and goes in bouts. So is there something he maybe is inadvertently doing to trigger these bouts? Yes. So inflammatory foods, if you have an immune system that's already compromised and already trying to focus and get rid of Lyme and biofilms, you have to protect that immune system by eating lots of vegetables. The best diet is a vegetable-based diet for him. And to stay really just vegetables and, and nuts and seeds and oils, like really natural. I like the Whole30 diet. It gives you a little bit of meat in there too. And you could Google it. It's the Whole30 diet. It's no, uh, you know, breads, pasta, all this kind of artificial, you know, things that cause inflammation in the body and the vitamin D it's important. So when I look at Lyme, it's like a pizza pie, you know, and you, in order to have a nice round pizza pie, you have these eight slices, each slice carries its own little flavor, you know? So you, you, you need to take care of every little slice in your body. So you take your vitamin D, you eat lean and green, you drink plenty of water, Lots of water, half your body weight in ounces in water because water is oxygen, H2O, oxygen. You must oxygenate this body. Bacteria, virons, parasites, they hate oxygen. They want to be in your cell just destroying it. So, you know, you again, you want to look at everything as a whole around that, uh, that organism. And Lyme is very difficult to treat because it's not just one thing. It is these other things. So you have to treat it again, like an onion. You have to peel it off, peel it off, peel it off, and just work its way down into the core. And part of that is keeping your immune system well. 
And I think it's important for your friend, Darren, to understand that uh, he, he or she, I think it was, he is, is not alone um, or they're, they're not, they're not alone because Lyme does take, even when you've aggressively treat it with various herbs and medicine and uh, nutrients, vitamins, diet, and all the other things we've already mentioned. And, and there's some other things too, but even when you treat that, it could take, uh, you know, several years to, to kind of really get better, even when you're aggressively treating it from, from what uh, I've been exposed to. So I think um, they need to understand that even if they take all this advice and really go to it, it's going to be a, going to be a process. But if they, they do those things. There is hope. There are people that do get better. I think it's unfortunate. It sounds like Canada's doing what we do. So our infectious disease society of America does not recognize chronic Lyme as a disease. I have no idea why. Well, I have some idea, but I'll leave that to myself for the moment. <laughs> but they don't, they don't recognize chronic Lyme as a disease. And so insurance companies will not pay for the ongoing treatment. So they go put them on a series of antibiotics. They test for the brillia you're cured. And now you have whatever they want to call it, right? So chronic inflammation disorder. Um, so it does take a long time, but it sounds like in Canada, you might have some trouble uh, getting a Lyme doctor so they can get to the States and find a Lyme specialist or if they're, or if they're holistic Lyme specialist in Canada, I would recommend that he or she seek that person out and, and really commit to a couple of years of, of going down that path. Okay, well, Bill, yeah. our friend is in in Georgia, so he's in the states. Oh, good. Yeah, <clears throat> it's probably very similar up here in Canada. So that kind of so kind of. I have a friend. I have a friend in Georgia who has some connections down there with Lyme folks. I could get you some. Okay, yeah, sure. Them. Send us some links. And like yeah. you said, you could do you could do telehealth. You know, you could order blood work and and stuff. I mean, you know, telehealth has been great. You know, phone consultations, telehealth. If you want video consultations, it's all done like that. In Georgia, you know, the Lyme is on the rise. I'm a, I'm a Florida licensed physician as well as New York. And uh, we saw a huge rise of Lyme disease in northern Florida. So he's not too far from there. And um, so, you know, and you have to look at the travel history. So when I, uh, you know, ask a patient about when was the first day you felt this? Like, go back in time. This is for your friend, Darren. Go back in time and say, I was good up until. And when he says that until, and I'll say until when, and he'll say until I was rowboating in, you know, Georgia and I woke up the next day and I had a fever and achy and my doctor treated me for the flu and I got better. And then four months later, this is a typical story of a Lyme person. You know, four months later, I got headaches. I felt lousy. I was tired, exhausted. I had a swollen knee joint. They did an MRI. Everything was normal. Well, nobody tapped the joint. Nobody tapped the spinal column to make sure that it didn't go into his nervous system. You know, uh, Lyme is a devastating disease. I, I, I think it's worse than, you know, most diseases out there. Right on. Well, thanks for all that. That's great. I'd like, I would like to, before we run out of time, if, if you can, I mean, talk about Ehlers-Danlos syndrome a little bit. My girlfriend does have it and she's finally been officially acknowledged in our medical community that she has it. Um, but they're, they're, they're having a hard time dealing with it here in the medical system. And it's really, you know, her doctor, I think has a couple patients, but 
it really just feels like they just want to prescribe stuff and they really can't seem to help very much. And it's a combination of slipping joints and spraining ankles or ribs or that kind of stuff, the physical stuff, chronic pain that seems to flow all over. Like, like um, what's that uh, chronic pain syndrome that people have uh, all the time? Yeah. Fi- like fibromyalgia like type, type stuff. Then there's also the, you know, um, the, the, the bloating and diarrhea combination going back and forth all the time and, and, and migraines. I mean, it goes, it goes on and on, but if you, if you have any advice or knowledge about that. Yeah. So Alos Danlos is a hereditary disorder and it's of collagen. So collagen is what holds your joints together, your tendons together, your ligaments together and holds your arteries together. People don't think of it as an arterial disease. But as your blood is pumping through, you have collagen that makes that elasticity so it can pump. When people are usually diagnosed, and I have a whole family, I have a family of five that have Erlos Danlos in my practice. Um, And when first diagnosed, they have hypermobility of joints. So these are people that could take their thumb and bring it down here. They could bring their arms up and around. They dislocate their joints. They fracture bones because they can't stabilize their ankles, their knees, and things like that. And unfortunately, because it's genetic, even taking collagen and things like that, the body just doesn't metabolize it. So to protect the joints, first thing, you could do kinesiology tape. So kinesiology, does she do that? Well, no, we tried it, but it's, it's her skin is too sensitive for tape. So she's already into the skin and the, yeah. So, so that's very difficult. So it's all prevention. So wearing high top sneakers, you know, if she needs to wear a brace, they wear braces, yeah, yeah. you know, sports is kind of almost out of the question, uh, you know, because of, uh, you know, recurrent injuries, the thing for her that she should make sure that they're checking is to make sure that her aorta and her heart that she gets a sonogram and make sure the vasculature is good at least every three years. She should have her aorta looked at to make sure that there's no aneurysms or anything like that. But my uh, the patient, my oldest patient with Erlos is 82. Her daughter has it. Her daughter is 64. She had it when she was 20. So it's like so her daughter's 62. Her daughter's 62. Her the daughter's daughter who is now 30 something who just had a child the child when she was born they knew it was alos danlos because they thought at first that it was um a muscular dystrophy because the it was the floppy floppiness of the muscles and stuff but the the baby did have the genetics of that so is it becoming a little bit more recognized then in the last few years would you say or i think only if the doctor has seen cases that they'll be aware of it but anyone who comes in with hypermobility or people that have this chronic like skin sensitivity, more or less, like they'll be skin sensitive, like you can't touch certain things. And, you know, that's in, in cases that uh, it affects the, the nervous system, which also relies upon collagen. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's many doctors out there that are aware of it unless you've seen a case. If you've seen a case, you, you never forget it. And you and Graham, one of the things you'd mentioned was there were some GI symptoms too. Yeah, that, definitely. Um, yeah. So I don't know, Dr. Kafora, if you feel like probiotics or 
Um, she does take probiotics. You know, or glycine or yeah. bone broth. Or is there anything that you think might kind of help coat the, the GI tract at all? Or, or is, it, is it worth yeah. trying? Or it's, it's eating well, you know, and again, with, with her, she may benefit more from a vegetable-based diet because certain proteins and fats may be difficult for her to digest. I, I would recommend digestive enzymes because when you have a gut that's not pumping like this, because it doesn't have the collagen capacity to move things along, uh, she needs a little assistance. So I think more digestive enzymes to help with digestion. And I would do more vegetable-based diet to keep the good bacterium alive. Um, again, I don't think collagen would work. I don't know her stage of airlose or what her particular thing is. But uh, believe me, I've tried that in this whole family and uh, it didn't work. And they were willing to try it. And I said, I don't know. There was no evidence that it would work. And it didn't work yeah. Uh, yeah. for their joints and their muscles. Yeah. Also good for making sausages. What about like glucosamine sulfate and stuff like that that people use for joints? You know, for airless, I don't know if the glucosamine will get in there because yeah. it is of collagen defect okay. disorder. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I'm not I'm not sure. Maybe something like um, turmeric or curcumin. Yeah, yeah, we've like, tried that. Know, we've tried that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Scott, you, you could send him maybe the joint and muscle formula. Yeah, I will. I like it because that, that formulation has the really good turmeric, the Mariva turmeric, which is pretty good. So long as she doesn't have any bleeding disorders, Graham. Yeah. No, like associated should... with it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that should be fine. Yeah. All right. Well, and... thanks. And then on the, the one last thing on the lime, do you think you you mentioned anti-inflammatory diet and good oils? Do you think a krill or a fish oil or an omega high high omega three would be helpful for Darren's friend? Oh yeah, with well, what I use here in my practice also is krill oil, and I use the joint muscle formula. The joint muscle formula is great for for lime infl- inflammation, you know. So it ha- again has the turmeric and the and the uh, curcumin, and you take one pill twice a day of that, and then one krill oil, you know, providing, again, there's no other, uh, you know, bleeding disorders or things like that, but uh, the krill is great. It's an omega-3697. It's beautiful. Across the board, you get you get coverage there. All right. Is there any, awesome. before I forget to ask you guys, is there a link uh, you can give us to for that MD Logic stuff, Scott? Oh, sure. Uh, thank you, Graham. Yes, uh, I'll send you guys an email too. So if anybody would like to, to visit the site, it's www.md, as in medical doctor, logic, like Spock and logic, health.com. So www.mdlogichealth.com. Uh, and it, all the products up there, the description of what's, what's there. It is all made in the United States under a certified GMP facility, which means that it, it basically meets the pharmaceutical standards of cleanliness and uh, good manufacturing processes. All the ingredients are quality tested on the way in and on the way out and then batch tested to make sure that what we say is in there is in there. Most of them are vegan, non-GMO, non-dairy, non-soy, non-allergic, pretty much non-everything. Uh, so we take great pride in the, in the quality of it, but uh, www.mdlogic.com. And then we have a, 
another site called uh, healthnoise.com. And that's more of just content to learn more about uh, all types of different health and wellness uh, applications. And maybe ma- mention those zinc lozenges too, just while, while you know, about that, because they're so helpful for the yeah, cold. Absolutely. That, too, so that's, a pretty, is, that's one of my, I like that one. Yeah, wow. this is one of our top sellers. Uh, people love it. And also it's great for you. It's called Zinc C Plus Logic. Uh, and that is the MD Logic Zinc C Plus Logic. And basically they're, they're either chewable or you can kind of suck on it. And as Dr. Before was saying earlier, you know, tongue and lung. And so the reason that that's such a great product is you could, you know, it's a small little bottle. You can take it to go. I keep one in my truck. My wife keeps one in her car. My wife is a preschool teacher. So she's exposed to kids all day long. So she keeps a few uh, there. She gave some to her teacher friends. And it's just a great way to get your zinc and your vitamin C right there. It's in your mouth. It kind of helps protect, protect the virus from getting into your mucosal mem- membrane through your mouth. Uh, and they taste pretty good. So you had some grandma. What was your thought? Yeah, yeah. I like the, yeah, they taste good. Yeah. Yeah, helpful. Yeah. I was. Uh, the one thing, shouldn't take more than four in, in, a, in a day because then you could do too much zinc and that'll throw things out of balance. So I just want to mention that. But they're great, yeah. great formula. And thank you for letting us come on the show. And I hope we uh, brought some value to you and the listeners. Today. Yeah, yeah. No, it was great. I do have one more uh, Rona question. If uh, Darren, do you have any questions before yeah. we No, we a great show. We got a lot of good feedback in the chats. Yeah, one thing I wanted Very to practical. Yeah, exactly. One thing I want to ask about in is in the transmission of the COVID too. Um, you know, the WHO came out at one point and said it's very rare, if at all, um, transmitted through um, what's the word I'm looking for? Why did I just lose it? Asymptomatic. Asymptomatic spreading. So, and then you know, of course, Fauci came out and tried to back backstep that a little bit, and I don't think they did a a good job at that. But is there, what, what do you think Dr. Carfora about asymptomatic spreading compared to uh, others? And then maybe as well, kids, cause there's a lot of people like in, in Alberta now, they just mandated, uh, even though 86% of the people didn't want it, they mandated kids to wear masks in school. So a lot of people are starting to homeschool and pull their kids out. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I think that that's a shame that that's happening. Um, I, you know, as far as with, uh, when you're saying asymptomatic, how, how do we know about that anyway? Because if a person's asymptomatic, where are they getting that data from? We have a billboard in Calgary that says, just get tested, even if you have no <laughs> symptoms. But like where, yeah. So where are they getting, how, how do they know asymptomatic from the, the people that are going to the doctor are the symptomatic people. So I, I don't know if they just swabbed everyone and then said, you know, that this is, uh, you know, that they have this coronavirus. There are people that could carry just like mono or strep, there's strep carriers. You know, dogs get corona. I don't know if people know that. Coronavirus is the kennel cough in dogs. Think about that. But dogs don't transmit it to humans. But it's the kennel cough. So you speak to a veterinarian, they go, really? We're exposed to it all day, <laughs> you know? So I, you know, I think again, it has to do with, you know, it's less than 1% of the population. You have to protect yourself as far as droplets and things like that. You, you can't fear, just keep your, your immune system really good and, and, and do those uh, guidelines. I think kids, you know, all the teachers now going back in New York and stuff, and they're very, uh, you know, anxious about it. 
I think the kids should be without a mask. Maybe, you know, I shouldn't say this on TV or what, you know, but I think they should be without a mask because I think the person who's immunocompromised or the older teacher who's in her 60s, she should wear the mask and, and, and teach them good hygiene. And yes, they have to social distance and blah, blah, blah. I don't know where this is going to go. I really don't. I mean, we've lived with influenza. We lived with chicken pox. We lived with mumps, measles, rubella. We went through it, right? I had spots on my face. I had chicken pox. I had mumps with my cheeks out to here. And my mother threw me in the room with my three other brothers and sisters so that we could all get it at once. So I don't know. I I, I don't know this whole fear factor and... I predict you know, it'll all go away once they have an annual vaccine that they can sell us every year. You know, like every year is the flu vaccine. Darren, you're, you're, year, you're bringing me flu. down, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't totally but disagree I mean, from with you, that, though. From that thing, like, I don't think they care to mandate it or anything like that. I really don't think they do. I think it's just a matter of, like... It's hard to get, I mean, you got to feel for these vaccine manufacturers. They've got so only so many kids are being born a year and, you know, they're giving them all these vaccines. They're having trouble convincing the adults. They got the flu, but there's not really any more diseases flying around. So they're like, okay, we need a new disease. What can we do? I don't really, yeah, I think they're making just, they're doing just fine. I think we, we got 72 vaccination. I'm being a little facetious. I figured you were. I, I am too. I mean, listen, I've had 15 vaccinations in my life. I'm 50. I, I, I feel like I'm doing fine. My kids have had 16 vaccinations. 15. I had one. <laughs> I had one smallpox. I got 15. The rest of the time, I had all the diseases. I, think I, thought, I thought 15. I felt 15 was pretty good. I thought I was in the low end. My kid, on the other hand, he's well, I'm got, older he than 50. all of you, so I'm probably the age of, of all three of you together. But anyway, <laughs> that's why you're so healthy because you've had all those natural <laughs> immunity boosts. I definitely practice what I preach. Yeah, you know, so you know. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm a little you know the asymptomatic who thing where they they said asymptomatic patients carry it, then they can't, then they. It's very, it's almost impossible. Then it became rare. Yeah, that was a little weird. I have to say that, you know, um, and, and then they walked, they quote, walked it back. Right. So, um, you know, my, my theory, I don't, I won't even say it's a theory. Um, uh, I just think that we've been given a lot of opposing information multiple times. And so people say, well, why are people skeptical? Why are they, why don't they believe this or that? Or why are, well, when you've been told one thing, and then another thing, and then the exact opposite thing, three different times back and forth by the same people. Yeah, you start to wonder. Um, and some of these things, like you're mentioning, I, I was listening to your show, guys, when I, I think it was Darren. I can't remember who, who said it, but one, one of you guys was like, well, thank God we don't have to wear masks. And I think it was Darren that said it's coming this way soon. No, that was me. And yeah. sure enough, it was like two weeks later, you oh, guys had the mandatory mask law. Yeah, and, remember we were that? Do, and we were doing fine. We were doing fine here for a while there. Yeah. And then it, and then it hit, yeah. you know, nobody's yeah. told me to wear a mask yet. Really? No, yeah. no, they're pretty polite here. Like people, honestly, if, if you have a asthma or some sort of thing, they, they don't bother you. Nobody, nobody, nobody really said bothers a thing. You. you can, you know, they let you in without oh. a mask. If they, if you're in California without a mask, forget it. No, Canada. Oh, yeah, California. Canada, yeah. But, but you guys are in Canada and, yeah. and Canada statistically, when I would lecture there, they have great uh, results on cardiovascular disease. One of the lowest in the country in, in the world. 
is Canada. So Canada's doing something right with with also their, you know, IV drug abuse and how they handle, you know, their needles and things like that. I mean, I was pretty impressed with your system. And I know that it's very costly and you have to wait for certain things and stuff. But you, you guys have a pretty healthy environment. Do you agree? I mean, from what I saw as an outsider. I think, honestly, I think it's it's sort of starting to creep in a little more. But I think, like, I honestly think that our government is, I don't want to say less evil because I don't think that, but less um, for sale. And I think the, yeah. the for sale is coming into Canada in a lot of ways over the last couple of decades. But I mean, and it's not a new problem. It's an age old problem. But I really feel like the United States kind of perfected the science and medicine for sale sort of thing. Or like, you know, like there's a bunch of food you can get in the States that you can't really get anywhere else in the world. And, you know, you've got these other weird things where companies can bring in these sandwiches and stuff for a limited time, but they can only sell it for three. That seems kind of weird. But I just feel like the U.S. kind of set the stage for selling food fake health stuff or for yeah. for the the general health of the population to be for sale through your system of laws or approvals or whatever it is. But like the FDA, I guess, would be that problem. But I really feel yeah. like there's a lot more fake food yeah. flying around the States. And even if it mm-hmm. is in Canada, maybe there's just less of it. It's less prevalent. It's definitely less, less, definitely less in Canada. And with Canada, like a lot of the pharmacists and stuff are naturalistic and, you know, they're, they're compounding pharmacists. And, you know, in America, when they tried to bring that here, you know, a lot of times they're, they're trying to close that entity down and they shouldn't because I like the care that Canada does because it's like your pharmacist, your doctor and your patient. Here, it's your pharmacist, mail-away plan, do this, do that. And you got 500 people before you get a medicine, right? which is crazy. For what reason? You know, so you guys kept the triangle of doctor, pharmacy, and patient relationship together in Canada. And I, and I, 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 I love that country for that. I really do. Yeah, and it's pretty good to be able to go to the hospital without worrying about a bill and all that freedom we have to go in and out of of getting things taken care of. But on the other hand, you know, I've had friends of mine and we've had to wait, like you get a a problem with one of your joints or you have to go get a MRI or something. And it takes a year or nine months. It does. And by that time you're already, you're already kind of over your injury or whatever. It just seems like a useless uh, process, but the other part, and the other part is is people with chronic issues, like trying to get chronic issues diagnosed and stuff. I mean, we still are stuck in this, in this, in the hospitals, this paradigm I think that's of, of, and it's probably worldwide. Yeah, it, it is really worldwide. feels like it's, it feels like they, everything's a, yeah, yeah, everything's like everything's oh, well, acute care, yeah, acute care, yeah. acute care, because it's in out, in out, in yeah. out, and it's money, 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 yeah. money, money. Chronic care costs money. Yeah. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and I think that brings this brings me to my what I my final conclusion is that's why you've got to be your own personal health advocate. And do all of the things you that you can control that are within your control to keep your health and your wellness and your fitness. And if you do that, you put yourself in the best position to not have to rely on the medical system in the first place. And then when you do have to rely on it, at least you're going in healthy and strong. So, you know, that's that's where I'm coming from. That's my mission to help other people get to that that point. Um, 
And I really appreciate you guys letting us come on and try to help help those folks. I hope we get to do it again sometime. Uh, yeah, it's been but, great. Uh, yeah, awesome. but I think yeah. that's where you know prevention is the key, right? And then the rest, it, you, you got to be your own advocate for for the rest. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just hard. It's a lot of work to to dig in and figure figure shit out on your own. Now, yeah, it is. Well, thanks, guys. It's been a great chat. Thank you. Thank you, Thank for you so much, us. guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, we'll put links to all great. your stuff in the show notes and all that. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah, keep doing, great. keep fighting the good fight. And uh, we wish you guys luck out there. And you too. Stay yeah. well. Thanks Stay for well. The, thanks Take for care, the guys. care package, Scott. We appreciate you it. You got another one? It's coming. It's on, it's on the way. Excellent. Thanks a lot, guys. Right. Have a wonderful Be good, night. Guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank Bye-bye. You. Bye-bye. And that was a chat with uh, Scott and Dr. Kafora. We should have got her first name, I guess. Can you... uh, Roxanne, yeah. Uh, are you allowed yeah. to call doctor by the first name? Yeah. That legal? Yeah. That was good. That was good. I'm glad. I hope Bill got some use out of it. And uh, yeah, the EDS stuff and the COVID. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, man, she, I was going to get more into like how difficult it must be for her being a doctor using um, alternative methods of you know, healing and treating COVID HCQ and, you know, zinc and vitamin C and all this stuff. I mean, yeah, good results. I mean, you're hearing this a lot, all these doctors having great results, you know? Totally. Super great. Yeah. I wasn't, I didn't know it was going to be about COVID, but that was probably my favorite COVID show yet. Oh, good. Okay. I was hoping you'd be okay with that. I knew it would be a little, a little weird. You're trying to sneak it past me. But that's okay. Past, yeah. It was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I'm I, I feel better having done it. Yeah. Big thanks to uh Scott, of course, and Dr. Carfora, Roxanne for coming on the show. Big thanks to all you guys for listening, uh, supporting, helping us along, joining the chats, grammarica.ca slash chats. Of course, if you haven't supported the show yet, we do ask that you maybe take a look at that. If you are getting some value from our little podcast here. We've been coming at you now for seven years, 450 episodes coming up on. We've got a bunch more in the black budget. All that's free. If that's adding some sort of value to your life every week, your episode, how much value? Buck, two bucks, three bucks, four bucks, hundred bucks. You decide, grimerica.ca slash support. Hopefully you decide sooner than later so we can keep uh, building servers and chasing down ways to make the show better, improve the community more events all that fun stuff try some experiments on gram sure we'll give you a corona go for it think so you ready i'll take i'll take it you'll take it for the team yeah i was looking at alex jones yelling at some lifeguards today (laughs) (laughs) he had a little mini megaphone and he was telling them they were ruining the country oh you know what i wanted to you know what i wanted to You know what I wanted to ask her is about the uh, the long term effects. I mean, I was listening to I was in the car today listening to local radio, which I never do. It was fucking trippy listening to them talk oh. about. They had one of the the guys from the UFC, one of the main Rona doctors on about, and they're talking about how a couple people, a couple ladies, have had the thing. They were diagnosed in March or whatever, and they still have these. They're having these problems. With it, really? like months and months later, they have these complications. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Be a little bit more clear on what's happening with these ladies. They just blow past. And I wanted stuff. to ask ask her about these, like like long term complications from this. Like, I just don't trust 
And even this is a local radio station, and they sound like they're trying to be sincere, but I just can't trust them the same. Like, oh, really no, they're is, a bunch of clowns. No, you can't. It really you can't, is why, hard why to, even listen to that. I was I told you I was in a car with other people that were listening oh. to it. So just plug your ears. Ah. Well, no, I was like, <laughs> put my earbuds in and listen to a podcast. Sorry, guys, I can't listen to shit. No, but I wanted. Then I got into it and I wanted to hear it, so I was like, turn that up a bit. I think the playoffs are on. Because they're talking about testing, and they're not even talking about how inaccurate the PCR testing is. What kind of commercials the sports are having? I don't know. (sighs) There you have it. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Somehow I built a rocket ship. Out of the stuff dreams are made and popsicle sticks Please look at my rocket ship schematics Tell me it can fly to the moon, tell me I'm not a lunatic Countdown, three, two, one, no hesitation.